It's no secret the NFL has a problem with race. Think Colin Kaepernick. Think Brian Flores. But this isn't a new problem. It's one that started as far back as the 1930s, with a ban on Black players in the NFL, with a past that informs the present. Blackballed is a new miniseries podcast from The Ringer about the four men who broke the color barrier in football. I'm your host, Chelsea Stark-Jones. Blackballed is dropping soon on The Ringer NFL feed. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? Two questions. One, who do you think is going to win the main event at WrestleMania? Roman Reigns or Cody Rhodes? Roman Reigns. <laughs> Follow-up question. Okay. How much money would you be willing to bet on that? What are, what are the odds? <laughs> Is it a, anything anything over a plus anything over a plus 200? I'm slamming slamming at least a uh, 500 on that or a rack at least. A plus really? 200? Plus 200? I have no idea. I don't Brian, look up the odds. If I if I could double my if I could double my money uh, on the fact that Roman still wants to be champion and the Cody Roman story is just starting and not just ending. Hell yeah, I'll put some money down on that. Hell yeah, why wouldn't you? All right, well. No? What about you, WWE's trying to get in the gambling game, so I just wanted to see how confident you were that it was a good idea. Let's, uh, let's talk about it when we start the show. Let's do it. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to And you're listening to You're listening to You are listening to You're listening to You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz, your regular Thursday episode. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, brother. How about yourself, man? I know you've had a wild morning. Um, yeah, I know this episode's a little late. There <laughs> were folks that uh, are used to the show when they're going to work or working out or whatever, usually get in the afternoon. My apologies. Definitely one of those mornings for me, but we are still here, damn it. We are still here. Um, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of cool stuff coming out of Dynamite last night. I even got some NXT stuff I want to I wanna go over. Um, 
Well, the big thing that's happened since the last time we spoke is that WWE is trying to is is I mean, is apparently reaching out to people to get into the world of real, real legal gambling. Um, Brian Gewertz was on Bill's podcast this week talking about it. Some a lot of people have been talking about it on this feed. Uh, I on the one hand, it seems. On the one hand, this has been going on for a while, right? You can place low-dollar wagers on wrestling if you really want to, right? If you don't want to do it just for fun. If you go on, like, DraftKings or whatever, you can, you can, you know, they have WWE-sponsored stuff where you can, like, you know, you know, win a, a jackpot or whatever by picking the right, the most right, whatever it is. They have different <laughs> ways you can do it. Okay. Obviously, at its very ba- core, it seems totally counterintuitive for wrestling to be some professional wrestling, be something you can gamble on because not only have there are there leaks galore, but this is a story. These are things that are written. You can't gamble on the series finale of Seinfeld or whatever. I, mean, I guess you could, but sure you it, could. There's, there's a lot of problems that are built into it. Right. Um, it, it raises a lot of really weird questions, very uncomfortable, itchy questions about the sort of nature and future of pro wrestling. But what, what was your first reaction when you heard that they were they were really trying to make this thing happen? I mean, uh, the first thing I thought, obviously, was they're never going to leave money on the table, right? Like, I'm sure uh, with all of the NFLs and the NBAs, all the major sports leagues really getting in bed with these betting uh, companies, I think for WWE to... I, I can see where they're coming from, for WWE to still be considered in the same sort of breath as Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA. You got to at least have some sort of skin in the game, right? As far as, like, yeah. betting is concerned. Mm-hmm. However, I'm kind of with you on it being, like, a little bit of a slippery slope. Like, I think, you yeah. know, obviously me and you are in the weeds and Brian and Kerm and everybody. We're all in the weeds in the wrestling so much that we hear so many things. And even, you know... Stuff that we don't talk about on the show, like that we kind of know is happening. How do how do you how do you game plan for that? How do you you know fix odds for that? Like, uh, do you just change the storyline because some betting number is higher than the other? Like, how does that really well, affect? Th- the issue would be that you kind of would have to deliberately not change the storyline because of the betting odds, right? Mm-hmm. The betting odds would be set. I mean, it, it, it's just so it's so weird to wrap your mind around. I think that. Obviously, it, what Brian and Bill talked about on Bill Simmons uh, on his podcast and 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 what a lot of people have suggested in the articles that have been written about it is that, you know, we're probably going to start with prop bets here, prop bets here, because they're a little bit more fluid. You know, how For many sure. how many kickouts are there going to be? How many back suplexes are there going to be in a, in a or, you know, suplexes in a Brock Lesnar match? Like whatever. But at the same time. Those are the things that are theoretically most susceptible to to, you know, shenanigans, right? If Brock, I mean, not to malign the name of Brock Lesnar, but if Brock is going out and somebody gets in his ear and they're just like, the over-under is, you know, the over-under is it's 10 suplexes, uh, you know, go to 11. I'm going to place a million of your dollars on it, right. you know, whatever. Like, that's a real easy thing to happen. I, I think um, the, one, the one thing that makes it so weird and, and kind of... I wouldn't say troublesome, but definitely like gives you some cause for pause because there's no stats in wrestling. Like there's nobody that like leads the league in like near falls or like has the most tried kickouts. Like, yeah, like AW tried with like the records and stuff. And even that at the most minimal level, you know, kind of went away after a while as far as like importance, not as far as the actual records. But 
it's uh it's strange man like well and it goes back to a thing that we say every time we do picks on this show which is it doesn't actually matter right if the point is that you want to have you know mjf versus brian danielson and this is where you want to be on the raw on the on the dynamite afterwards it almost like you can figure out a way to get there no matter who wins the match right and even if you even if you want to be have MJF holding the belt, there could be a disqualification. You know, there's so many like yep. there's so many ways you can get to the same place. Yep. Yep. The yep. suggestion is that it would be like the Oscars and that they would come to a decision at some point prior to the event, maybe sometime prior, put the, you know, and only, you know, for instance, Triple H and Vince McMahon and Nick Khan would know about it. They put the the winner in an envelope that like Ernst and Young has in a in a Halliburton briefcase for the remainder of the time. And nobody finds out about it until the talent's about to go to the ring. Which makes it kind of hard to structure a match, I guess. I guess you might know with enough time to like actually work with the producer to figure it out. But that leaves open the opportunity for more people to find out. But here's the thing that gets me. It okay. seems really impractical, but Nick Khan, who has been obviously an incredibly influential figure inside WWE since before he was officially employed by them, has been... As near as anybody can tell, very hands off when it comes to creative, right? He just deals with he's, you know, that's you guys take care of that. I'll take care of the other stuff. Presumably, he would be this seems like something he'd be very interested in, the prospect of legalized gambling on WWE and high dollar gambling and everything else. It seems like something he'd be invested in. This might be the thing that actually gets him involved in creative. And I don't mean he's gonna be picking storylines. I just mean, but if you but if he comes in and he says, we really have to decide on the winners of the matches three months in advance for the big events. It's worth a whole bunch of money to this company. That changes creative in a more profound way than Vince McMahon walking in day of show and saying, never mind, Cena's going over. Mm. Right, Terry? You know, it's it's a pretty big deal. So, I, I don't how know, does man. That, how does that affect bottom line, though, right? Like, what if, like... Well, it affects the amount of money you can earn in a partnership with DraftKings, or you know that's who they're that's who they have a deal with now. But FanDuel, anything else? Yeah, right. But as far as like um, when it comes to, you know, they're saying Vegas knows all, right? Like, what if? I mean, yeah, like what if? Like, this is just a new way for creative for the Hunters, the Vinces, the Tony and Nick Cons of the world to say, hey. This is who Vegas likes, which in turn, what the people like, like you could make new baby faces and heels based off of Vegas odds, right? Like say it's the Royal, say it's the Royal Rumble, say it's Royal Rumble 2014, right? Was it 2014? I'm guessing, whatever. The one that, the one when, when Daniel Bryan wasn't in there, right? If the Royal Rumble was going on, WWE knows we're not putting Daniel Bryan in the Royal Rumble, but I go on DraftKings and Daniel Bryan's a plus 400 or a plus 500. What's to stop, or a plus 200, some some sexy odds, what's to stop somebody from going up into, uh, you know, Gorilla and be like, Brian, get get the fuck out there. Get out there. <laughs> like, yeah. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, th- that's what makes the slope so slippery. It's like, how much but is does that a slippery really... slope or is that a, the, 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 uh, you know, wonderful water slide? You know, I, like, it, th- like it, that could too. Be... it could be a good thing. It could be a thing that where it's like some people like several years ago, who would have known that like the Internet would be like the thing that made like Zack Ryder a, a wealthy wrestler. Right. Like. Yeah. 
It could be the same thing with sports betting. We're still sort of scratching the surface on like what it means in the in the in the grand scheme of everything. But, and I kind of think we've taken. I guess what's the phrase that the genie's already come out the bottle, the smoke's already yeah. come out the thing. Like we're not going backwards in sports gambling. It's only good. we're going to be able to bet on everything. We're going to be able to bet on on your kid's gender. You know, what yeah. I'm well, there's <laughs> all been that. all this talk about WWE getting sold, right? I and mean, this is obviously a piece of the bottom line that could really, like, you know, be a, be a factor in a in a sale potentially. Even even just the hypothetical future mm. of, of being able to bet. But of all the possibilities of who could buy WWE that we've discussed. And the, and the list seems to be shrinking, but who knows how much of that is real. But of all the potential buyers out there, I think we've all paid relatively little time thinking about what the amount of involvement on behalf of the new owners would be, right? It's not mm. crazy to think that whoever it is, you know, NBC Universal or, you know, Saudi Arabia or like whoever it is, it's not crazy to think that they that whoever is spending billion nine billion dollars or whatever on WWE would be like, yeah, you gotta you gotta loop us in on the plans. Oh, of course. Right? I think I think it'd be even more than that. I think it's like it's almost like shareholders, right? Like if you buy a bunch yeah. of Nike stock, if you own like 40% of Nike stock or whatever, even if you don't know how to design shoes, they're going to come to you and, mm-hmm. and talk to you about anything before they make any sort of major moves. So, yeah, oh. like whoever buys that. Company, and they're going to have a good time. I always, when I used to work in when I used to uh, work in book publishing for a while, mm-hmm. I was designing book covers. Oh, nice. And and I used to say the best and worst one of the best and worst parts of the job was that book the, the book cover design meeting was everybody's favorite meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could do any anybody else can get away with doing their job relatively like in a silo, right? Okay. I've decided this is the best marketing strategy. Okay, marketing director, we agree with you. But if I roll out what I think is the best book cover anyone's ever seen, everybody wants to get their two cents in because everybody wants to have their hands on the fun thing, right? Everybody yes. knows that that's going to be part of it. That's going to be like, you know, everywhere. And everybody wants to get their two cents in. When somebody buys a pro wrestling company, man, I don't care how rich and busy you are. You're going to find a, you're going to get excited about having a say in pro wrestling. All of, of that course. is to say, this new, this weird new future where they might have to start making decisions way in advance might come naturally by if the company is sold. But I don't know, man. It's so weird. It's because it, it's a whole chicken and the egg thing. Are they going to want to change stories because the betting odds are obvious? Well, at that point, will it be set in stone? And if you do want to change a story, if somebody gets hurt, if if just you know, Sami Zayn gets so over, we got to change plans. Whatever. At that point, do you have to go to Ernst and Young or to DraftKings? Who like who are you running a swerve by? You know, like <laughs> I don't know. It's so, it's such a bizarre thing, and all of that doesn't even touch on how many leaks there are in this business. Yes, Gewertz actually tweeted this before he was on Bill's show when somebody was tweeting out. We talked about this on Monday, right? About about uh, about Trish potentially turning yeah, heel. Have some shame. Yeah. <laughs> Have some pride, you have know. Some have pride, some pride sorry. in what you do. Same thing. <laughs> but here's the, and here's the thing: if they really did keep it secret, because the vast majority of leaks, Brian touched on this in Bill's podcast, but the vast majority of leaks that we see out there are kind of like call sheet leaks, right? Mm-hmm. It's everybody down. The further you get down the totem pole, there are versions of the run sheet or whatever that everybody sees, right? There's a version. They don't see the script, but you might see just the bullet points of when people are going to be out there, et cetera. Those are the things that start to get leaked out there. You know, you see a lot of semi-reputable sources on Twitter otherwise who are just like, 
let me tell you what the what the outline, what the run sheet for tonight is going to be. Well, guess what? Like a bunch of people get that in their inbox before every show, right? People right. who just work for the company, you don't have to be on creative to get that. Yeah, I mean, but, there's there's TV production trucks. There's yeah, there's literally a zillion people that go into making this show. It's not just like, oh, I got this from creative or I got this from a higher up. Like a lot of times, you might probably, and this is just me guessing, you might just get it from a a a a TV production assistant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like somebody who's just like, oh, well, you know, like that's, I know a guy or whatever. Like uh, who knows? And who and who knows what people are doing to get this sort of information too? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So I see that. Wait, wait, so, but a lot of those leaks come out, but then even the bigger leaks, you know, wrestling's trying, wrestlers trying to get themselves over, uh, expressing discontent. Um, people like, you know, like people like you who have friends at the company, you know, like you might not, well, now it becomes, a, it changes from, a rumor that you might want to text me about so we can joke about it to something mm -hmm. you can like get some money in on before you tell anybody or whatever. But all of that is to say, even if they shut down every line of communication, right? Even if it was impossible to leak anything that was bettable, right? There would still be people breaking fake news, mm. right? All you have to do is pick. You got, you got a 50-50 shot, right? Oh, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania. Who's going to win? Dude, we just set up two Twitter accounts, right? WrestlingNewsBusters.com and, and, and WrestlingNewsBreakersWithAZ.com, right? <laughs> we have two different websites, two different Twitter accounts, and we just, we just leak opposite things for every match. We're going to be right on almost every match, right? And then even if we're totally making it up, what is somebody who bets $1,000 on Roman Reigns and then sees that some random disreputable source leaked out that Cody Rhodes was going to win two days prior? What are they going to be able to point to and say, look what happened? Look, oh, the word was out. This bet's not worth anything. You guys scammed me. I you mean, know? that happens, though. That happens. I mean, I know so many times, especially this happens a lot in the NBA, where people are putting down Kyrie Irving props. And, you know, the line's alive for, like, the entire game, the entire night. And like 10 minutes before tip-off, it's like, ah, I don't feel like playing, right? Yeah. Like, or, you know, uh, I think this happened with Devin Booker earlier, I think on Christmas, right? Like people had, Devin Booker was hurt for a while, but he wants to play in the Christmas game and he was out for a while. And he was like, all right, uh -huh. I think I'll be good by Christmas. Gets to the Christmas game, plays maybe like the first couple minutes and then, yeah, and then five doesn't, minutes, yeah. play, doesn't play another game. So some people, um, they might feel the same sort of way. Not obviously because they're, two completely different situations, but it happens, man. Like sometimes like there's really just nothing you can do about like you're betting on the mental and physical well-being of human beings. Like we all know the <laughs> yeah. physical part about it, but mentally sometimes people may not be up for it. Some people may not be wrestling. Sometimes somebody gets injured. Like it's so many variables. That's why it's gambling. That's why it's a risk. That's why there's a zillion... <laughs> But it's not a risk because somebody, like, it's not a risk in the traditional sense because somebody knows the answer. That's what makes it so difficult, right? This, this isn't is just like the player didn't play. This, this is, is true. There's somebody knew. And did they really leak it? Did they not? Did they let anybody know? Kerm just did, got, jumped in the chat and he said, what happens if you bet on a world title match like Roman versus Brock and Seth catches in, cashes in? That's a good question. My That's got to be an option though, right? Like, there's got to be a other <laughs> if, if someone has the money to bring briefcase, is that a betting option for every single title match until they cash in? Maybe it is. 
Maybe, Maybe it, it is. is. I, hope that, if like I hope that there is a false finish where someone else wins. You pull up DraftKings or whatever it is, and there's just a graphic of a cackling million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, with all the money in his hands, and it just says the bank <laughs> wins <laughs> underneath. And like it's just like, you, we take all of your money. That's <laughs> God. <laughs> that was my terrible Ted DiBiase. I can't, I can't pull it off like he does, but yeah. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, Jeez. I hope we get to bet on wrestling because, man... I'll have so many friends who, so many friends I've lost to the gambling world are, are now going to come back, come crawling. Yeah. yeah like, listen, I know some things. I re- I've already had numerous people hit me like, yo, I know you know something about this game. Like, obviously, I do uh, sports gambling for basketball and work a lot of wrestling, and everyone's like, oh, I know you know people. You know what's going on? I'm like, bro, even if I did know, I'm not sharing the milk, brother. <laughs> it's all mine. Well, no, because you, as someone who's been there, know better than anyone else that like plans Shit change. changes. Yeah, yeah you're not gonna, exactly. Like, you're, you're, there is no way that you would go to a friend who has like a bunch of money burning a hole in their pocket and be like, put it, put 10, 10 G on this. I know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You would never tell anybody to do that because what? Because you could be wrong. I you would know? never. First off, like even when I do. Like my basketball show, I always have it with a caveat, right? Like I've never, I've never in my life been like, this is an absolute lock. This is definitely going to happen. Like blah, blah, blah. Like I just feel like that's disingenuous because nothing's a lock, right? Like nothing Mm -hmm. is absolutely guaranteed, especially in the world of professional wrestling, right? So I don't know, man, like it's going to be very interesting. And, you know, maybe I, I know we talked about how. There's no stats in professional wrestling, but maybe this is the caveat to that. Maybe people start keeping yeah, track of punches thrown or clotheslines hit or times you went to the top rope. Yo, I got to you leave the ring, you know, stuff gotta, like that. Yeah, like there's a 4.5 over under on top rope uh, uh, assaults from Montez Ford. You take it to over or under, right? Like over that under seems... on how many abs Finn Balor has? Is it twelve? <laughs> Just ten tonight? Just uh, ten tonight. He had he had a, he had a sandwich, so you know that carb. The <laughs> but then again, that's what I would go back to what I said before. You're putting a lot in the hands of pro wrestlers who are consistently disgruntled enough to be complaining online. Yes. So yes. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it'll be fun to watch. And it'll be exciting. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, 
file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Anyway, let's talk about actual pro wrestling. Let's talk um, about it. Last night, we had a very, very eventful AW Dynamite. Um, felt like this should have been last week's show. I'll just say that off the top. But great show. Very exciting stuff. Uh, I could see why, obviously, some of these things were, were dependent or at least awaiting this Canadian backdrop that we had for this show. Um, the big thing at the end was this very dramatic... Uh, Semi reunion between Hangman Adam Page and the Elite. Uh, mm. They he brought, Page had a, a match earlier in the night against the Blackpool Combat Club, who are thoroughly heels now. They beat people up backstage. This, at the end of the show, this brawl spills out into the ring. Page is standing alone in the ring, about to take on the whole Combat Club, and then behind him arise the Elite. The 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 BCC backs off. And then in either an absolutely brilliant or absolutely bizarre uh, feat of camera editing, the show ends in the at the exact split second that Adam Page's head is turning. So he doesn't even get to register that they're behind him yet. Um, a lot of people online made the joke that this was a that Tony Schiavone should have been allowed to yell, "We're out of time, folks!" We'll you know, we'll yeah, you know that's, what that's all I was Page. waiting for. Um, <laughs> Because it was a very, like, you got it. The, the most important part of this is what happened when he turned around. Presumably, they'll get back together to some extent because the Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club is a really fun angle. I don't know who the fourth member of the Combat Club would be if this is going on at full strength, but I don't think Danielson's out of the question, uh, as some people have sort of theorized. I mean, it, you know, Takesha is a name that has been thrown around a lot too, but I mean, Maybe I'm crazy, but looking back, you know, with one week of distance from that Danielson time for me to go home promo, it really feels like that's not that's not the promo that Tony Khan would have Brian Danielson cut if he's retiring or if he's actually stepping away for a while. That's a that's a gimmick promo, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and it, you know maybe they'll they'll probably play it out so that he makes a triumphant, shocking return at some point. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he was part of that group. Um, that's a pretty big feud. The Combat Club versus the Elite. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but I mean, the fact that like as soon as he turned around and like they locked eyes, they went off the air. I don't know if it was a happy accident or it was done purposely, but it looked great, man. It, I think um, I'm really excited to see what the Elite have uh, do post trios tag titles right like i still believe even though they've been like doing a lot of matches they've been treading water and i said this maybe a few weeks ago outside of establishing mjf as a legitimate world champion and the four pillars the most important thing that AEW has to do is reestablish hangman adam page as a badass right uh -huh. and like they did that with the moxley matches and now you know they kind of are starting to allude that you know he's going to reunite with the Bucks and Kenny, which is still top of the card stuff. And um, who knows, man? Like, I, I would love to see Brian Danielson involved. 
in this. Um, I think there is a world where after that, I guess, promo that he cut, just about questioning his life and his commitment mm-hmm. and all that, I could 1,000% see a Moxley Bryan sort of face-off where he's basically looking at him like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're, yeah. we're, we're animals. Like, we're, this, is, this is what we were brought here to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I could see, I would love to see Brian Danielson mix it up with the Elite again, especially mix it up with Kenny Omega. I feel like we got a little taste of it. And then, and then when he first came, and we haven't seen it since, um, I think Adam and Mox... Are are kind of uh, hooked at the horns at this point, and you got uh, Claudio and um, and um, Wheeler Yuta, you know, facing off with the Young Bucks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so there's some really interesting matchups over there, and it just seems like when you get eight great wrestlers, no matter what they're talking about, you're going to be interested in seeing where it goes. And I'm glad that they didn't rush it last night. Even if it was done on purpose, if they were just overtime, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Adam Page had like an earpiece in and he and they told him to turn at the exact moment that they were going off the air. Mm-hmm. But even if it wasn't, I think it was still well done. And uh, it, it definitely made the show feel very, very special. It's been a while since like Dynamite felt very special. And I think last night was that. I agree. You talk about different people being in the ring. I mean, yes. we can use that as the segue here because we'll loop back around. But But the opening segment, was uh, MJF's um, re, rebar, rebar mitzvah, um, where he had a great outfit on and uh, came to, came out to celebrate himself as one does. Now, I will say, I, I was sort of let down by this in principle. I thought, what a great opportunity coming out of the Danielson win to put a little more edge on MJF. It's getting to the point where it sounds cliche to say it out loud because it's just sort of like, you know, there's so many of these characters. That, I mean, so many of these wrestlers over the years were like, well, what if you got serious, you know? Um, but just to get a little bit more twist to the MJF character. But it ended up actually being a benefit because Jungle Boy Jack Perry was able to come out and just be like, you do the same shit every week. Um, <laughs> the point of the, 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 what happens in the segment is Jack Perry comes out before he can get two words out. Sammy Guevara comes out before he can get three words out. Uh, Darby Allen comes out. Suddenly, the four pillars, the legendary four pillars of AEW are in the ring together doing this group promo. Um, it feels like we're headed towards a fatal four-way. Is there, you know, some sort of like, I don't know if this is going to immediately become the thing, if we're going to kind of slow walk it for a little while. Certainly, a, four, a four-way match makes a lot more sense than than. MJF against any one of these guys right now for as tr- in terms of a long term feud, mm-hmm. um, but it being a four way, it kind of raises the question: like, how are you going to elevate one of these three three non champions to being a legitimate, potentially legitimate champion? Uh, you know, someone who could actually dethrone MJF. Do you think any of the guys in that ring could, in the span of the next three months, be made be, feel like a legitimate? AEW world champion? Uh, not yet. But if I had to pick one, I'd probably go Jungle Boy. Um, I think Jack Perry's kind of like, not just super over, but mm-hmm. I think the fact that he made it clear that he's going after a singles title this year. Yep. 
the final burial with Christian seemed mm-hmm. to be very definitive. Um, he was the first person to come out. So even if there is a four-way dance and he doesn't eat the pin, you could see a world where we get a Jungle Boy MJF one-on-one matchup. Mm-hmm. And of the three there, he probably seems the person that's the most uh, likely or capable of dethroning MJF in the next three months. I don't think it's going to happen. I think MJF's going to, you know, whenever this match takes place, I, I still do think he ends up on top as the world champion. But I think they've been really taking care of Jungle Boy for the past several weeks and months. And Darby's kind of, Darby's had success. Like, he's had title runs. Sammy Guevara's had title runs. You know what I mean? Jungle Boy really hasn't had shit. And, you know, he's too famous. He's a good-looking dude. He's over as hell. Like, the fucking, the, I don't know the name of the song, but, like, when they waved on the, that Mm -hmm. 80s song, whatever they play. I don't know the name of the song. But it's over as hell. Um... And if I'm looking at it as a company, like if I work at AEW, like there's there is runway on making the son of Luke Perry, who died before he could see his son become this huge wrestling star, become the face of your company, you know. And uh, if you if you're talking about making brand new stars, if you're talking about you know being a different era of professional wrestling, like he's one of the few people I think of off rip. You know, like he's just, he's uniquely, he's a very, he's hes the most unique out of all of them and probably has the most potential to be, I don't want to say a crossover star, but somebody you could see on TV or outside of AEW television holding the championship, talking to somebody, interviewing yeah. about, about you know, being on the set of Beverly Hills 90210 as a five-year-old kid or some show, whatever the hell life was like for him. You know what I mean? But that was, if out of those four, that would be my guess. What do you think? We talked last on Monday, uh, and you talked on the previous Thursday about Cena's um, kayfabe breaking, piped in sound comments to Austin Theory. Uh, what do you think about? I mean, there was a similar hubbub after this promo last night about uh, Jungle Boy saying, uh, talking about having to work dark and elevation and rampage matches, and MJF never having to do it. Later, uh, Sammy Guevara said, you know, he was supposed to be the next big thing. And it said he was the the job guy for the Jer- Jer- Jericho Appreciation Society or whatever it was. I mean, <clears throat> uh, or the inner circle, I guess, initially. Um, uh, Darby Allen, I don't think, broke kayfabe in any real way unless um, knowing, that he, that, knowing that he was in film school is kayfabe breaking. Um uh, but what do you think? Should we? Is, is this? Did they go too far by one running down the their own product and two, um, talking about being the job guy? I mean, I guess the job guy thing you can sort of, if you really want to do it, you can sort of justify. You know, I was the guy that had to go in and I had, I had to work a lot more than the other guys on the team. You know, whatever. I don't think you call yourself the job guy, but I don't know, man. Uh, that was weird. Like I, out of out of the four promos, I think. Sammy's was the weirdest, right? Like, mm-hmm. you just dropped a bunch of terminology that's not readily knowledgeable for the average casual fan, right? Like, what's a job guy? What's a fall? What's the guy to take the bumps? What's the what, what does that mean? Like, he did it again, like months ago, talking about not getting love from Meltzer and all this type of stuff. And I get it. AEW is a unique place where. You can super serve like the hardcore internet wrestling fan base that knows yeah. about all this stuff. My only thing is, 
again, let me be clear before I say this. I love this segment. I thought it was very okay. WWE. I uh-huh. was like, you know, the, the 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 whole bar mitzvah was hilarious. MJF has so many classic TV segments that have him doing no wrestling at all already. So, and that was just another notch in the belt. And I say it was very WWE because it was very much strip, ripped straight out of the page of the night after the pay-per-view, everybody wants a title shot, all right? My whole thing was Sammy, uh, how, how, okay. My whole thing is, how much of a four pillar are you? Like, how how good are your four pillars? If they all just came out to say, one, I'm never on TV. I'm on the internet show. Two, mm-hmm. I was promised to be a, a superstar, but I'm just the guy who's in a group who's probably the third most important guy in the group. And four, you know, everybody here complains. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't really sound like for you know like it doesn't really sound like a, a stirring sort of uh, uh it doesn't sound like a, a, a I can't find the word right now but it doesn't sound like a strong endorsement of your company <laughs> if yeah, you're saying course. all these these things and airing your grievances I feel like they could have got there and set up the fatal four way a little better than just kind of going behind breaking the fourth wall and just like saying all these other things that you four know, pillars the, the versus hardcore. the fourth wall that's the that should be the name of the <laughs> Of the segment, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree, especially the Guevara stuff. Yeah, the Guevara stuff is I just tried to defend it at the same time as I tried to defend it. Being the job guy, the bump guy, it, it would be just as effective and would have been just as much of a wink to all the smart fans to say, I was the guy who had to get his ass kicked in the inner circle every week, right? Yeah. I was the guy that had to go out there and take all the punishment that works both in kayfabe and in reality. Yeah, like instead of talking about being on Dark and Revolution, you could say while you were over here getting by with your mouth and your ass kissing, whatever, I was here getting my ass kicked by the entire roster, but I'm still here. I'm still standing. I'm still a former TNT champion. I'm still all this stuff. I was making the fans happy by working on Dark and Elevation and Rampage while you were just, you know, while you would, you know, deign to show up once every two months and cut a promo about leaving the company. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, again, I thought I thought the promo was really good. I just feel like when you're cutting promos, especially an opening promo, like you're opening the show. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, man, like sometimes it's good to just keep it in the universe. Like if you have a grievance, make it a storyline grievance. If you have an issue, make it an issue that we can readily not even just readily identify as a viewer of the show, but if I'm a producer of the show and he just said a bunch of things that I can't cut into a video package when it comes to this fatal four-way matchup, mm-hmm. you're making my job harder. You're yeah. making Tony's job harder. You know what I'm saying? Like, just keep it, keep, I, I know it's hard to do. And I think people that are seeing, and probably the wrestlers themselves, are seeing what really goes into putting on live television every week. I just think it's lazy. I think anybody could go in there and shoot. I think anybody could go in there and re- and air some real life grievances. Like this is a show. Yeah. Like I'm not getting any money from you by you having more matches or getting a raise or getting a new contract. I'm not getting none of that. This is an ex- this is a transactional relationship that I have with you and a wrestler. You go do the wrestling. 
we pay to watch the wrestling, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? That's all I want. I just want the good matches. I want the good stories. I want all that stuff. Once you start making it personal and putting stuff out there that just feels like I could just say, well, my brother, sounds like a personal problem to you. <laughs> like, what are you going to do about it, right? Yeah. Like, that's when, you know, they could have improved there. I'm not well, going to say it. Didn't take, it didn't take away too much from yeah, it. That was just, also, I'm just being a little all, I mean, at the same time, fans are out here, smart fans are out here cheering at the stuff about Sammy Guevara proposing to different women and and MJF's fiance leaving him. I mean, that's, you know, that's the sort of wink stuff. Is that wink stuff okay? Well, I mean, wrestling's always been talking about, a, a, you know, yeah, like your your, I, I know your yeah. wife is looking at me backstage, sort of. I, I mean, mean, whatever. Of course. Like Matt Hardy, Edge Lita, like Ric Flair, Miss mm-hmm. Elizabeth Macho Man, like talking about people's real life relationships, always a go. My whole thing is like, when you're using like super insidery wrestling terminology on yeah. like your TNT television show, and maybe that's their maybe that's their goal. Maybe you know with the filming of uh, AW All Access and the way they're promoting it, saying like for the first time ever, cameras are going where they have never been allowed to go. You know, what I'm saying like maybe their strategy is like you know what we're going to be super insidery. We're going to make these insider terms mainstream. So, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe maybe that's it. But if I'm a guy who's turning on and watching that for the first time and I'm super entertained by MJF and the rebar mitzvah and the, and the suit and the girls and all that type of stuff, and then now I'm hearing about stuff that, like, I had to watch Dark and Elevation to know about or just, I don't know, just doesn't seem like uh, something that I would suggest someone do. I would just say, yo, just keep it storyline. Keep it Would it be crossing a line... The- would it be crossing a line if Sammy Guevara had had come out and said, hey, you want to complain about your matches or whatever? Like, I know for a fact that Tony Khan and MJF have been talking about this segment for three weeks, and they just told me about it 15 minutes ago. I, I don't yeah. have anything planned to say. See, that's <laughs> you know? too much. See, that's way too much. I wouldn't even go, I wouldn't even go that far. I wouldn't even go that far. But what I will say is... Um, there's so much stuff to shit on MJF for. Yeah. Like, he gives you so much material. Why would you go and make it about something that it helped, the it casual helped they, fan can't readily Yeah, I mean, I thought that the most poignant thing that anybody said, like I said before, was Jack Perry saying, this is the same shit over and over. The same bullshit all the time, I think. You know, whatever. I think it would have been actually... It would have been interesting if Darby Allen or somebody had said, dude, you just had the greatest match of your career, one of the greatest, if not the greatest match in AEW history, and you're coming out here as if nothing happened. You're doing the same silly BS <laughs> as you did before. Like, mm. you you don't change the character. You can, you know, you, you don't have to change the character, but presumably you might change as a person after something like that, you know? And like, you know, that if you want to get real, that has more gravity than the rest of it. Anyway, I thought it was a f- standout segment, too. I love it. If they had pulled any one of these guys on their own, I probably would have been a little bit, I definitely would have been a little bit, you know, underexcited. Mm-hmm. Uh, having all four of them, all three of the competitors, you know, all four of these guys in the ring together makes it super interesting. And 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 it makes me really intrigued to see where they're going to go with that. I hope they lock onto this for a while because I, I think, think that so it's, a, because it's, it'll, it, it certainly legit. It, it's this just like rising tide of mutual legitimization for the title, for these wrestlers, for everybody else. And actually the group of them together has the magnetism of any conventional t- championship match that they could put on and it allows everybody else to go do other stuff. Now we got exciting stuff with Hangman and 
the elite and John Moxley and Chris Jericho, presumably whatever else. I mean, I think it's going to be, it'll, it's a really interesting move and I'm very excited to see it go off. And like I said, love putting four guys in the ring together, watch the chemistry bouncing off each other. And it's a signal match, right? I mean, it's a signal, it's a signal, a signal segment or, yeah. or promo. It's this the, is, the, these the are, these guys all matter, you know? Yeah. Um, also, I guess we didn't mention Darby saying, talking about other wrestlers complaining on the internet, which was just a, just wonderful hilarious, stuff. Hilarious stuff. Wonderful stuff. <laughs> um, but it was a good uh, Tara Valkyrie uh, debut really for the good. company. Yes. Shout out Taya Valkyrie. Thank God they got somebody to put with Jade Cargo. Somebody yep. interesting. Somebody that can actually go. Somebody that's a legitimate threat to the TBS championship. Like, Jade Cargill in AEW is like having a, a, a Lamborghini and not knowing how to drive, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. not having a driver's license or a learner's permit, right? Like, so I guess until you get your driver's a learner's permit, you got to have a really good co-driver or, or a really good driver for you. And yeah. I think Taya Valkyrie is that, you know? Um, there's so much. And I'm just glad that there's there was multiple women's storylines of consequence on Dynamite for the yes. first time, and it seems like a while, you know? And uh, now we got a, a, a nice pathway to seeing Jade Cargill actually look vulnerable. And my only, this... my only complaint about the debut was that Valkyrie didn't do the, the old-fashioned like like a hand on top of her head saying look we're the same height thing like i like that i that you know yeah. the, just the wordless signal that would have been nice i agree and i think the the physical the, watching them stand next to each other is quite a sight uh and, and she I'm does the jaded go. and she does jaded so yeah. i mean you know it's gonna be a can you top this i can't wait <laughs> um I don't know. It seems like everybody's a little bit out on the uh, outcasts. What, what, how are you feeling about the outcasts right now? It's good. They've come. It's, it, we're a long way <laughs> off from. We're a long way off from from NWO version two. Yes, I'll say that. It's weird, right? Like, not only is like the promos kind of like a little disjointed, but I mean, shout out to Soraya. I think Soraya starting to like lean into the fact that like, hey, these people kind of don't like me. I'm yeah. gonna make them fucking hate me then, mm -hmm. right? So that's good. Agree with that. Um, Ruby Soho. I guess she explained why. You know what I mean? Um, she turned, and on top of that, she didn't really have a reason to get booed for that. Like, she kind of <laughs> made some valid points. So I'm like, Ruby's the heel here? She was like, yo, listen, like, I, I was at a company. I thought this place was going to be, like, Narnia for wrestling. And it was until, like, these three bitches, like, started, like, ruining everything. Mm -hmm. And despite all that, people still love Britt Baker. Like I said, people are going to love Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter no matter what. And, um... Yeah, it was. It was. If it's not leading to more people, which I think it is, like the first thing they said was the numbers game got to him. Rio came out. Um, the Willow Nightingale. The, Willow uh, Nightingale came Ivy out. Blue. Blue. Yeah, it was a whole lot out. of the WCW locker locker room empties. And why? Like, why is the NWO scared of that dude? Like whatever. But still. Um, yeah, there, there were the numbers team. The numbers game did get to them. So you think you think it's going to grow? The outcasts are going to grow in number. 
I think so. I think they got to. You know what I mean? I think they got to. Uh, yeah, three on seven doesn't really work. And you know, well, do you uh, think that? Do you think that the 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 AEW faction here, Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker. Do you think that everybody? Do you think that to be officially inducted, in, you have to wear an all denim outfit? Is that going to be like the <laughs> the Canadian tuxedo? Is that is, is the that Canadian? Oh, they were in Canada. Do you think <laughs> they were the Canadian? Canada, I guess there we just call it a tuxedo. But do you think that it? Do we? <laughs> do they all? Is everybody going to be in all denim next week? Is that going to be the look? I hope Maybe not. not. Oh, no, that's um, not a strictly Canada thing, folks. Say <laughs> uh, it was a cool segment, though. I mean, it was not like I'm. This is more. This feels very much like a. I'm. You know, I'm along for the ride. I'm. I'm interested to see where this is going to go because it does feel like they're going somewhere. Um, the other big note from the night was that Orange Cassidy retained against Jeff Jarrett, which doesn't feel like a huge note, although going into the match, it felt like a lot of people were on Team Jarrett or were on the Jarrett train or the whatever. Um, if a lot, there was a lot of momentum for him potentially winning, and a lot of you know, a lot of people were airing all the all the rational reasons why it would make sense for him to do it uh, uh, online. Um, so, but it was a really fun match. Uh, and I'm glad that they actually got Jared to this point where everybody thought he was going to win. I mean, that, that's almost more impressive than him still working like this. It's yeah, that's pretty cool. Tight. Uh, I was, I was, I, I love how Jeff Jarrett has become like a, a, an ironic favorite now. Uh. <laughs> AW, like off a rip. I think as much as people don't want to see him uh, do wrestling at this day and age, this motherfucker is in great shape. Oh, <laughs> like, crazy. Like, he looks better now than he did maybe like 20 years ago, which is insane. He's got like the whole mm-hmm. uh, Southern pastor hair thing going on as well. Yeah. Like, motherfucker, like his hair follicles got better. He's in better shape. He's doing some of the best. He's getting people over. You know what I'm saying? Like, motherfuckers yeah. is really behind Orange Cassidy, which is what you want to do if you're a veteran in this company. That is the perfect use for you. Use my name brand. Use everything that I've been through in my career to help elevate the next generation. And the fact that we got into last night and I was like, holy shit, Jeff Jarrett, they might, Jeff Jarrett might go over. <laughs> this might be it. Yeah. And it did it. Speaks to just how good he still is, man. And how, mm-hmm. God, man, it's crazy. I used to fucking hate slap nuts. I oh, yeah. think it was the corniest catchphrase there is, but now he says it, and I, and I, and I pop because it's just like I don't know. Maybe my my I'm getting older, and now I'm starting to appreciate the the wrestlers of my youth way more, especially everything that that's yeah. happened with some folks that don't age as gracefully. But goddamn, like let's let's look at Jeff Jarrett's fucking contributions to this to this game and how much he's done. Like he's done all he's done a lot of shit first that people mm-hmm. now are just starting to get credit for. And yeah, somebody said he couldn't draw a dime and he wasn't this big fucking draw or whatever, but who gives a fuck, right? Like, he's a guy who has done so much and still continues to do it. I thought it was really... I thought last night's match was really dope. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree. Uh, I'll say the main event trios match left me pretty cold. Yeah. Bell to bell. The stuff that happened after the match is great. I thought that... I mean, not every match is going to be a five-star classic, and certainly there are moments in that match that were higher-level, more entertaining moments than anything that was on Raw this week or whatever. But, uh, uh, you know, 
I kind of feel like the triple threat trios match should be a real special occasion. Like that's the that that should be like the triple threat TLC match, you know, from back from back in the day in WWE. <laughs> you can't do that on Monday night. You know, you can't do that on a weekly show. It just it's it's so hard for it to rise to the level it needs to rise to for it to really be. I don't know. Good, but I'm not gonna. But I'm not. I don't know why I'm ending on a down note. That was a fucking awesome episode of television. And it was great. Um, uh, I was very entertained by the whole thing. Um, we can go backwards in time before we get out of here just a little bit. Um, NXT this week. We haven't talked about NXT in a while, but we're we officially got Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker lined up um, for Stand and Deliver. What's your feeling about this? Is it going to be as awesome as I think it's going to be? Yes. Yes. I said this. Months ago, years ago now, when NXT 2.0 kicked off, I was like, it's no shock to me, it's no coincidence that the two names that you're starting off this entire new generation of NXT are Mellow and Braun, right? Mm-hmm. Like, basketball players, basketball fans know off rip. It's like, yep. this is the start. This Those two guys coming into the NBA was the start of a new generation, right? And... um you know, Braun's been the man ever since he gotten in there. And I think right now is Carmelo Hayes' time. Like, I think uh, even if he wins the NXT championship, I think this year they're going to invest a lot in him as far as becoming, you know, one of the faces of not just NXT, but of the company. And this entire year of him being, you know, North American champion and all the promos and you know, you want to talk about breaking kayfabe promos and them and, and Melo pretty much saying. You know, when they started this whole new thing, they looked at us too and was like, yo, we're going to be the guys to lead it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I have yet to see a bad Carmelo Hayes match. I've seen a couple of bad Braun Breaker matches <laughs> or, or boring Braun Breaker match. I won't say bad. I've seen a couple of Braun Breaker matches where I'm just like, oh, this is cool. But Carmelo Hayes leaves my jaw on the floor, pause every single time he goes out there. And I think... You don't spend that much time building him up as a multiple-time North American champion, being essentially the face of NXT, even though he isn't the NXT champion, if you're not eventually going to crown him one of these days. And even if that means he's still leaving for the main roster very, very soon, I think you do him a disservice. Like, don't Bianca Belair him. Don't just Mm -hmm. put him in the main event and just be like, oh, well, you know, He's going to be fine in the main roster. Don't be that. Don't don't look back and be like, yo, we had this guy on our roster this whole time and we never made them champion. That's how I feel yeah. like when I look at Bianca Belair's NXT run. It's like you had the next, you had the female John Cena on your roster this whole time and you never pulled the trigger on her, right? Like, yeah. I hope they don't do that to Carmelo. I think they've learned their lesson in, the, in, in, in that and I think it's going to work. I think it's going to work. Yeah, I'm really excited. Win. I'm actually, I, I go back and forth on on who I think should win. I mean, I think it is very logical that they, you have Carmelo win, and you put Braun on Raw, Braun on Raw on uh, on on Monday night, um, and I think I, I you know if if wrestling betting were legal, I think that's where I would put the, my money. But I don't think it's that obvious. I feel like there's some fun ways you could play around with it. I mean, I know you can't. Here's where my head goes, and I know you can't do this. I know you can't just like rip off your fans who are buying tickets. <laughs> But wouldn't it be cool to have like Carmelo Hayes debut on the main roster on SmackDown and then, you know, whatever, and then just like not no show stand and deliver? <laughs> if he did like a, a like the equivalent of uh, decommitting 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, that'll be hilarious. Or it's like it's like the like the NFL. We just I just talked about this on press box, but like the the legal tampering period that's going on in the NFL <laughs> right now is just like, well, I'm not officially on the main roster, but I've agreed to terms with SmackDown, so I'm done. They they're shutting yes. me down. I'm shutting myself down for the rest of the season in NXT. <laughs> I'm load managing, you know, uh, after SmackDown, I'm going to be very, very busy. So you can have your NXT championship. I'm going to be on Fox and I'll see you guys there. (laughs) And then, and then the chase is for the rest of their careers. It's just like, Braun is just like, I got to get my hands on Carmelo Hayes. And as they go up there, as they move, both move up the roster, they never face until they fight at like WrestleMania 46 for all the marbles. Anyway, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, Wait, what did Brian says? Uh, would a number one draft pick not play in the NTA tournament where they, when their team is a number one seed or better yet in the title game? Uh, it just never happens anymore, never right? Happens. I mean, I guess like you're if you're that high up, you've like you're not you're going to a lesser program that's going to shut you down or the G League, or you're just going straight to the league. It's not it. Uh, it would be it would be really rare. It happens. It was Chet Holmgren was he? But he was out, right? <laughs> was he the yes, last big guy who played right? But we played like ser- like meaningful ball before he went. I don't even remember. He played some. He played some summer league, and then he got hurt. Yeah, but, but anyway, um, it, it's it's it would be really fun. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention, speaking of NXT, is we didn't even mention when it happened, but um, Roxanne Perez did this angle where she collapsed the, the sort of lose your smile angle <laughs> after she defeated Mako Satamura, uh, which which was a yeah, which was a, just a, an incredible match, just a sick match. And, and Setamer is just a, one of the all-time great wrestlers. I mean, the living legend. Um, I thought that was a really great way to use her. We should have talked about it more. But after the match, I guess the story that they were telling throughout the whole thing and leading up to the match was that was that Roxanne was pushing herself harder than she's ever pushed herself. And it's about physical endurance, getting in the ring with Miko and all this stuff. And then after the match, she wins, but then she collapses, mm. um, which is... A fun angle, and and now they're doing a thing where it's like a ladder match or something to determine the new champion. But maybe Roxanne Perez is going to return in time to be in the match, and it just feels like storytelling. But Meltzer came out today or yesterday and said there actually is something real going on that might prohibit her from being in the match at Stand and Deliver, and so this is she's not actually hurt. That was she's a not, fail. She save. didn't actually fall ill, and one would presume there's nothing seriously physically wrong with her, or else they wouldn't have had her work that whole match. Or um, huh. But there, there might be something real life going on. I don't know. It's a little bit unclear. That is a little um, strange. That is a little strange. I mean, we'll see what what happens with it. But it did kind of seem like you know when you do those type of angles, you're not just showing back up in two weeks, right? And if you do, uh, you know, there's you got you got to cop out. You got to you got a reason to be like, hey, well, you know, she's hurt. She can't be in a match. And there's always interim titles. I know you guys are sick of hearing interim champions, but. You know that that that's that's a way that's a way to get some more uh uh runway uh stretch on the runway. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I hope there's nothing wrong with her. I hope she's okay. You know, as a person, but I I, I don't even want to speculate. You know, that's that's one of those things where I have no information about, and me saying there's something seriously wrong with her with absolutely no information about it is way too reckless for my taste. So I'm just gonna hope that she's okay. And she has a triumphant return to NXT stand and deliver. Uh, I want to talk about Raw for like two minutes. Uh, we 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 did not when we were naming all the people that don't have WrestleMania matches. Somehow we failed to mention Montez Ford or the Street Profits in general. Um, 
you know, we saw Angelo go one-on-one with Austin Theory losing to Austin Theory this week on Raw. What do you think we're going to do with the Profits or either of the Profits at WrestleMania this year? You want to know what are I they, think? Are they going to get a look? You want to know what I think? What? Smells like they're heading to Splitsville soon. I think you it's think happening. So? I think it's happening. I think it's... Didn't Montez just say this week they're never breaking up? Yeah, we've heard lots of nevers in wrestling before. <laughs> like, yeah. We've heard lots of nevers before. I don't know. Um, I think after we see what happens with Austin Theory and uh, uh, Angela, well, I guess Montez Ford this week. He, he just worked Angela Dawkins last week. He's going to have Montez Ford this week. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have a lot more clarity on where, where, what happens with them at WrestleMania. I almost think there's nothing that happens at WrestleMania, but I would say if I was putting on my tinfoil hat, a crystal ball, just looking into what might happen. Maybe nothing at WrestleMania, but that Raw after WrestleMania. I, I was going to say, eyes, keep my eyes on that. But how do you hype it? I mean, could, could we at least get like them come out to do like a mid Mania promo and have Montez hit Angelo with a chair or something just so we're excited to see him re debut at WrestleMania? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, I do think they're going to be involved somehow. I think they're going to be on some, uh, even though The Miz is the host, we're definitely going to have the Street Profits do some Street Profits stuff. But uh, it's not clear, man. Like, I don't think they would just have that random backstage Austin Theory promo as the United States champion uh, with Tez and Dawks. And there's clearly no roadway for them to be involved in the tag team championship if this wasn't going to go into something storyline-wise. You know what I'm saying? So... Maybe maybe Tez can have, maybe Tez can help Bianca win the championship at WrestleMania, help her retain. <laughs> well, like Otis, we can, just yeah, you know. and then and then we'll do then we'll go into that whole thing on Raw. Anyway, um, uh, what else? Oh, Edge and Finn. We could have done this like seller no sell style, but uh, Edge and Finn are going to be in Hell in a Cell. Are you excited? Yes, I am excited. I'm excited that Finn Balor used said that a cell can't contain his demons. Uh, mm-hmm. In that promo, and I said, "Oh <laughs> yes, yeah, we get it." I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm just a motherfucker who likes face, who likes paint. Okay, like something yeah. about the paint and the song, and I don't know how. Like, he hasn't done a demon uh, entrance since uh, I guess Roman Reigns. I want to say. So I'm expecting a whole new version of the demon I hope so. at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Get rid like, of that Rasta wig, man. Let's get, yeah, let's try something new. Let's try something new, man. It's time to do something a little different. So uh, I'm excited to see kind of where they take it. Um, obviously, I think uh, Finn goes over here. I'm excited to see. Forget the match. I just want to see those entrances. Those entrances are gonna be fucking awesome. All right, last question. Uh, do you think that Brock Lesnar second guessed his desire to choose with Omos after that failed face palm to the ring floor spot? Brock's a smart guy. He knows what can I do at WrestleMania that's going to get the most social hits while doing the least amount of work. Mm-hmm. Got it. I'm going to F5 Omos and it's going to be on TikTok the next day and it's going to have like 600 million views yeah. on Instagram and Twitter. So, so he's so good, you think? He's still good. He's still good. It's it's rare that you even remember the lead up to a lot of WrestleManias. As long as the actual WrestleMania thing goes off without a hitch, who cares? Who cares what happens the, the random Monday, two weeks before WrestleMania? I don't. Um, 
what do you think? Last question, and then we got to get out of here. What do you think? Did you hear that that former referee Nick Patrick has suggested a conspiracy theory that Vince McMahon is secretly running AEW? <laughs> Uh, I can't say for sure, uh, but nah, man, uh, does Vince have that much bread? I mean, he wouldn't be trying to sell his, I, I don't think he wants to be in the wrestling business anymore, bro. I think he's good. I think he wants to sell that joint and be on his merry way. And why would he buy a company filled of all the people that he can't fucking stand? <laughs> I just, I, I think understand. it's hard to tell what Nick Patrick really believes, but it sort of seems like he believes in the Vince has been running it all along. Like it's a controlled mm. work. But like Shoot. how how they secretly ran ECW and bankrolled yeah. ECW way back in the day. Ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah, Turner would have something to say about that. You could pull that shit off on the MSG network. Heyman will tell you that they were not secretly bankrolling ECW, by the way. I'm so, I think we've had this conversation. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm everybody sure that's true. met Paul has had this conversation. But he yeah. says it was a, a very limited scope, the, the money that changed hands. Gotcha. Well, don't tell that to wrestling internet conspiracy theorists because <laughs> one of those guys is still in the main event of WrestleMania this year, and it's nobody in the ECW roster. <laughs> um, we got to get out of here. We'll be back on Monday. You want to get your plugs in? I have one plug to make. It's a very important announcement. Uh, Guys, uh, if you guys are coming to WrestleMania weekend in Los Angeles, uh, coming to L.A., uh, we'll be doing the Masked Man show live before Wale Mania. And why I tell everybody to get to Wale Mania early is because we always start off with a bang. Last year, we started off Masked Man live show with the Street Profits. And this year, I am proud to announce... That kicking off Wally Mania 2023 at the Novo, March 30th, in Los Angeles, will be the bloodline. The Usos and Solo Sokoa will be with us live, kicking off Wally Mania, 8 p.m. at the Novo, in Los Angeles, California, LA Live. Me, Shoes, the whole... Ringer Wrestling Crew will be in the building. Versus the Bloodline in Versus a no-holds the- <laughs> barred match. <laughs> I've already been told, I've already been told that uh, uh, Solo is the strong and silent type. So to watch watch our words <laughs> when we talk to him <laughs> uh, in right. front of a live crowd. So uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, the Usos are uh, guys that I've wanted to talk to on the show for a long time. Oh, yeah. And I'm really glad we're going to be able to do it in front of thousands of people uh, in mm-hmm. an incredible environment uh, in the biggest WrestleMania weekend of the year. Get your tickets now either on my website on my my, my bio link. Go to AXS. Just type in Wally Mania on Google. It'll pop back, back up. Get some tickets. We sold about uh, over a thousand tickets already. So we're almost sold out. So please wow. get them joints quick, fast, and in a hurry. It's going to be an amazing, amazing kickoff to WrestleMania weekend. Check it out. Yeah, we're going to be around all week, all weekend. We'll be doing some other stuff, too, that we'll announce. Um, so pay attention to this space and Twitter and everything else. Guys, thank you so much for listening. You can find me here on the Press Box and the Ring of Wrestling Show. I mean, on the Book of Wrestling. And then the Ring of Wrestling Show feed. Listen to everything on there. Listen to us Wednesday Worldwide, Cheap Pete, Peter on Friday, the, the whole thing. We're around every day on this run-up to WrestleMania season. And we'll be around a lot in the next uh, couple of weeks. So... Thank you so much for listening. Apologies as always to John Moxley. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Peace.